Broncos cheerleaders, and you're listening to Sports Crunch with DCROM. This is Sports Crunch with D-Crom. I'm your host, David Cromwell. And by the time you hear these words, we will officially be less than four weeks away from the 2022 NFL Draft, a.k.a. Spring Christmas, Spring Hanukkah, Spring Kwanzaa, you name it. And in that spirit, we conclude the position-by-position prospect overview portion of our annual Dash to the Draft series with an in-depth look at the running backs in this year's draft. And to help us with that deep dive is our good friend Bill Carroll of Nuts and Bolts Sports. Welcome back to the program, Bill. Always a pleasure to have you and your incredible football mind with us. Always a pleasure to be back. Um, always a pleasure to be with you, David, and dig into a very deep, interesting, and somewhat conflicted running back group. Very, very good point there, Bill, which brings us to our first question. And when you look at the running backs in this year's draft, it gets a dist on because uh, they're not two or three stars in the first round discussion like last year, but like several other position groups we've covered on this program in recent weeks, it is exceptionally deep, perhaps deeper than the 2021 crop of backs. How would you compare the 2022 running back class to last year's? Yeah, well, good point. It is deeper and deeper, at least in part, because unfortunately the COVID year. So we have a record number of fifth and sixth year players. Uh, normally you would see a, a decent number of fifth year, but almost zero sixth year players. This year, there's a large number of fifth and a very healthy number of sixth year players. That's extremely rare. You know, a lot, especially at the running back position, normally guys, whenever possible, are out after their junior year because of trying to get paid to get hit as opposed to getting hit for free. So you've got some guys who have not had that ability to come out because of what happened. It's because a lot of conferences didn't play at all last year you know, because of COVID. So it's an extremely deep class with a lot of players, some of whom are older. And you add to that, uh, that with the, you know, de-emphasis of the running game in some parts of the country, some of these backs have been forced to be guys who are sharing the load and or have to catch the ball to earn their, their roster spot, which is a good thing actually for the NFL because they want guys who know, shown they know how to be part of a running back by committee system. Used to be frowned upon, but now it's been very much embraced. As it should be, as uh, Broncos head coach Nathaniel Hackett said at uh, this week's uh, league meetings, uh, you want as big a stable of running backs as possible for your team, no matter how talented your uh, top running back may be. And this is a great draft to add to that stable, so to speak. Correct. And I think that despite the fact that only a handful of running backs will go in the top 50 and another couple will go in the top 100, there are players who go in the fifth, the fourth, the sixth, the seventh, and undrafted who will be contributors. Absolutely. We see this every year, but it could be the case even more so this year. And in 2019, the first running back off the board was David Montgomery, who has gone on to carve out a pretty solid career for himself with the Chicago Bears. And fast forward almost three years later, and another Iowa State Cyclone just might achieve the same feat. I'm obviously talking about Brees Hall, who we were talking about when he was tearing up the combine. Uh, why do you think Brees Hall is the best running back in this class or should be considered the best running back in this class? It's very close for me, but he, he eked out a victory over the running back that you and I got to check out in person. But uh, we'll get to him in a moment. Brees Hall is very complete. And you mentioned the Chicago Bears. 
one of the running backs that he's often compared to is, of course, Matt Forte, in that he has the ability to, to do everything you need from a running back. He can run the ball between the tackles. He has enough speed to get to the edge. He can avoid a hit. He can break tackles. He can catch the ball, maybe not quite as well as Forte, but well. And he pass protects at a, you know, close to NFL level already. So everything you're looking for is pretty much there. So when you look at how some of the elite level backs, whether it be guys like Forte, like I mentioned, or Ezekiel Elliott, or, you know, we talked about Montgomery, but he's a better athlete than Montgomery. But he has all the things you're looking for, right? Contact balance, speed, hands to catch the ball, good pass protector, it's all there. It most certainly is. Plus, he has some bloodlines. He happens to be cousins with the great Roger Craig, who should be in the Pro Football Hall of Fame, dare I say. Yeah, he, he actually has a fair amount of things in common other than DNA with Roger Craig. And like I said, he's a guy that never has to leave the field, though even though obviously we started de-emphasizing the, the bell cow back, if you wanted him to be on the field 80, 85% of your offensive snaps, he's more than willing and more than capable of doing it. He absolutely is. And that other running back that you alluded to that's in the conversation for being the best at the position of this draft is Kenneth Walker III of Michigan State, who you and I saw um, uh, in August uh, when Michigan State came to Evanston to play Northwestern. And uh, Kenneth Walker III, he was being touted as a serious candidate for the Heisman Trophy last fall. The big question with him, however, yeah, very deservedly. The big question with him, though, seems to be just how much can he bring you in the passing game? And a lot of the people are divided over this. Daniel Jeremiah, on one hand, thinks that Kenneth Walker III has a lot of upside in the passing game, while uh, my good friend Joe Marino of the Draft Network believes that upside is rather limited. How much do you think Walker is capable of in the passing game in terms of both catching the ball and in blitz pickup? Sure. Well, I mean, he's not Marshall Falk, right? I mean, he's never, he's not, he's probably closer to Joseph Adai if you want to get an idea of what he can do in the passing game, both as a protector and as a receiver. So I would urge those who feel unsure of that to go back and go back to Wake Forest before he transferred. Michigan State, for whatever reason, does not throw the ball to the running backs. I'm not sure why they don't like to do it. He's terrific in space and he has good enough hands. They could have made a lot of problems for defenses. They threw the ball to, to, uh, to Kenneth Walker the third more. But they don't. It's just not what they do. But look back to his days at Wake Forest, where for a time he was a third down back. He caught the ball, as third down backs do. And sometimes he stayed in to protect, as third down backs do. So I think some of these concerns are either people who forgot about his time at Wake Forest or forgot to go back and look at his games at Wake Forest. But I'd urge you to do so. And you'll see. Exceptional, maybe not. But solid, yes. (coughs) Oh, thank you very much for that information, Bill. And uh, it's information that's rather easy to get passed over at this point in the draft process. And in order to get your evaluations right, you need to dig as deep as possible. So very, very good nugget there on Kenneth Walker III. And another running back that uh, is expected to go relatively early is Isaiah Spiller of Texas A&M. And uh, Isaiah Spiller, He's a guy who arguably has the best combination of both vision and contact balance out of all the running backs this year's class. However, he does have very, very small hands at eight and five eighth inches, so to speak. And uh, kind of like with the Kenny Pickett, uh, the uh, 
idea is that makes him more fumble prone at the NFL level. Does Isaiah Spiller's hand size worry you at all? Well, I won't say it doesn't worry me at all. I will say this much. He was not a big fumbler in the past. Now, that doesn't mean it's impossible that he has a problem with it going forward. I just think that he is a very complete running back. I think that he will settle in and have a nice NFL career. He doesn't have the same big playability of the first two, which is why he's not one of the first two, right? Both those two guys at the top we talked about have the ability to make one or two people miss and right, 88 out the gate. And he doesn't quite have that level of explosive ability. But solid NFL running back, I think somebody gets him late second, mid third, and he prospers, right? Even if he doesn't become the guy that's getting 85% of the touches, 65 to 70% of the touches should be fine. And he could handle more. But I think that once again, as we said before, I think most teams are just moving away from having that bell cow. But I think he could handle it if that's what he wanted to do. And he's a solid player. Mwelde Moore, uh, for those who want a good comparison, but I think he could be Mwelde Moore is a guy that, that run, uh, rushes to mind. Yeah, Mwelde Moore of the, both the Vikings and Steelers. I remember him back in the day. And uh, the University of Georgia, this uh, national championship Georgia team, they're also sending two solid running backs to this class in James Cook, Dalvin Cook's younger brother, and Zamir White. Uh, give us a compare and contrast between those two running backs and tell us what you think the best role for them is at the NFL level. Sure. Um, and they both just missed my top five. So it would be White at six and Cook at seven, but they're both really good running backs. Uh, and they both are very used to sharing carrots because you have to at Georgia because they've got so many running backs. Uh, these guys understand their roles and execute their roles at a high level. And Cook, reason that so many teams are excited about him and why he may go earlier than white is because of what he brings you in the passing game. He really can run routes like a receiver and catch the ball like a receiver and has enough toughness that he can also be a really good running back. But in Zamir white, you have the guy who's more explosive, better balance, more powerful, breaks more tackles, right? So it's horses for courses. What do you like? What's, what's your taste? Uh, if you want a guy that has a little more thump in his game and maybe isn't quite as developed as a receiver, you're going to go Zamir White. But if you're a guy that wants that modern running back, right, the guy who can play in the slot, even go out wide at times. I made a little Marshall Falk joke earlier, and he's not Marshall Falk. Don't, don't get crazy. But he can do Marshall Falk things, not quite at Marshall Falk's level. Then you're going to go J James Cook. Uh, they're both really good players. They're both going to have nice, you know, niche NFL careers as part of a running back by committee system. And with the exception of the first two running backs we talked about, most of these guys are going to end up in a committee system. Uh, the two at the top are guys who could conceivably be guys that really get the bulk of the workload. Absolutely. And James Cook, uh, what I remember most about him is that play he made in the national championship game. And that alone, I think, is proof of why NFL teams are going to love him a lot because he's a guy that can get you those game-breaking plays. Correct. Yeah. I mean, both those Georgia guys have game breaking ability. And like I said, because they're used to it, they're mostly going to be used somewhat similarly when they get to the next level. You know, why broke, why, why fix it if it's not broken? One guy's used to being, you know, more of a hammer, though he's got more speed and more making missability than people might realize. He's not just a power guy, but he can win, a, you know, more than one way, but he's a no nonsense running back. Right. And then 
Cook is more of a little bit of nonsense back. I mean, he's a guy that sometimes makes one cut too many, gets away with it at that level because of his talent. He's going to have to probably learn to, you know, stick his foot in the ground and go a little bit more at the next level because the pursuit gets on you so much more quickly. And now it's time to play our favorite game here on Sports Crunch, buy or sell. And in this game, we're going to talk about a running back we have not discussed. And you tell us whether you buy or sell his long-term potential in the National Football League. And we're going to have a laundry list of running backs to talk about, given the extraordinary depth of this class. And we start with Notre Dame's Kyron Williams, buy or sell. I'm going to have to say sell, and not because I don't like him. But I think that teams, it depends where you get him, obviously. But if you're talking about in the top 100, even the top 125, I'm a sell. Top 150, like somewhere between 125 and 150, I'm interested in buying. I think he's my 166th or so prospect. But I could see him going a little bit earlier than that. But if you're going much earlier, I feel like you're overpaying. Tyler Algier of BYU, and forgive me if I mispronounced that name. Nope, that's, that's, you nailed it. Tyler is correct. Uh, he is a good old fashioned downhill power back. He is not the modern NFL running back. He is 1981 running back, right? He's in that George Rogers kind of role where he doesn't try to make you miss. He doesn't, he can catch the ball okay, but that's not what he's there to do. He's there to run into you and possibly through you. So once again, it comes down to where you're talking about. If you're talking about in the fifth, maybe even to the sixth round, I'm buying anything earlier than that. I'm going to have to sell because he, there's so many guys who can do what he does. Definitely makes sense there. Damian Pierce of Florida, buy or sell. Once again, I'm buying unless you're talking about in the third, anywhere after the third round. Uh, I mean, I'm selling it anywhere uh, if it's after, if it's before that, but anything after the third round, I'm buying. I like him a lot. He's very complete. You know, he can catch the ball. He is a very, one of the best pass protectors in the class. He's a smart, aggressive, and well-coached uh, at blitz pickup and pass protection. That's might be this key really to being in the league because he's so good at it. But you remember Dominique Rhodes, since we're bringing up old running backs? Yep. Peyton oh, Manning loved him for that reason. There we go. Uh, so if you think about a guy like Dominic Rhodes, who is solid in all areas, doesn't cite the world on fire. Guys like that, you don't need to take early. So if you're telling me I can get him from the mid-fourth onward, I'm a buyer. Definitely. Those are the running backs that go on day three and carve out very good careers for themselves. Uh, Brian Robinson Jr. of Alabama, Tuscaloosa, born and bred. Buy or sell? Yeah, I'm a buyer. Um, I Anytime from the third round onward, I'm a buyer. I'll put it that way. If you're trying to push him into the second, I'm going to sell. But from the third round onward, I'm a buyer. Um, why do you buy Brian Robinson Jr.? I'm glad you asked. Um, all the things I just said about Damian Pierce, only with a little extra in the run game. Um, I feel like he'll never be a great receiver, but he, he can catch the ball on, you know, running backs, you know, screens, those flare screens. He can catch angle routes and he can catch flat routes and flares and things like that. Uh, but he'll never be in most guys that, you know, what James Cook does, where he like lines up, goes out and slide or goes in motion, goes out to the Z position or the, y, or the X position and just takes off and runs like a running, like a wide receiver. That's not him. But he can do all the things he's asked to do at Alabama, which included what's pickup, included being a pass protector. He can do that and do it at a high level. Catch the ball a little bit, a decent amount. But he is a no nonsense. Back to that thing about one cut and go. 
one cut and go. I am going to make this cut and then I'm going to maybe, you know, slide off a guy, break a tackle, stiff arm somebody. He's going to be a solid NFL running back. Once again, probably in a committee system. Uh, think of guys like Derek Ward. Think of guys like um, Thomas Jones, right? Mm. Um, you know, and Thomas Jones is a guy's borderline Hall of Fame. I don't think he'll get enough carries to get to that level, but he has a similar, uh, you know, skill set and a similar kind of talent to a guy like that. Hassan Haskins of Michigan, buy or sell? I'm, I'm selling unless I'm getting him very, very late because he is a sort of a one-trick pony. He is a not very nimble, old-school power back, and unfortunately, he's got sort of a lanky build, which means that it takes him a while to get up to full speed. He's not slow, but he's got build-up speed, and that's not something you love in running backs. And you add to that, he's got all that longer body, so when you're talking about a short yardage goal line guy, you usually like to be guys to be more compact because there's not so much of them to hit. He gives you as a linebacker or a safety, a big strike zone. There's a lot of him to hit because of the, the long legs and the, the, the reasonably long torso on top of those long legs. Uh, but the good news is he's a tough guy, he's a strong guy, and he can do a few other things, but he's mostly because of his lack of ability to change direction, never gonna be much more than a you know, short yardage goal line guy. Uh, yeah, in the sixth, maybe even the late fifth, I'm interested. But anything before that, I'm, I'm going to have to sell. I remember you telling me about this guy, Pierre Strong Jr. of South Dakota State. Buy or sell? That's a big time buy. Um, I, I think that he ends up being, I have. I think he's a top five running back in this class. And I, I say that with, you know, a tiny bit of trepidation, but I think that he's going to make me look good. Uh, things I like about him. Well, one, he has tremendous straight line speed. He's got good power. Another guy that didn't get the ball thrown to him a great deal, but if you watched him when you did see him in whether it be all-star game practices or, you know, in the drills they run, you saw him catch the ball more than well enough. Blitz pickup, something he probably should work on. He's not great at it, but he's, you know, sufficient. He's not great at it. He's not up there with some of the top guys I mentioned in terms of that. But yes, he's going to get you some big plays, though. He's a guy that can turn the corner and just run away from people. I, I'm a fan. Abram Smith of Baylor, buy or sell? Yeah, converted linebacker. Um, he's a project. He may be on your practice squad. He may, he's going to help you on special teams immediately. But it may take him a couple of years to become whatever he's going to become, simply because he's so new to playing running back. So the good news is, I mean, former linebacker means he's not afraid of contact. Uh, but he's just raw. He's raw in all the areas. He doesn't always see everything. Uh, so sometimes there's meat left on the bone so because he doesn't know when to cut or how sharply to cut at certain times. And he probably definitely could work on, you know, we talked earlier about fumbling. He, his ball security isn't perfect yet, once again, because he's new to playing running back. But if I'm getting him late, you know, I said before, like mid-fifth onward, yes, I'm a buyer from the mid-fifth onward, from the, you know, that part. Curious question here. There was one running back in last year's class who converted from linebacker to running back, Javante Williams. And Javante yes. Williams did a pretty, pretty good rookie season for the Broncos and was drafted right. in the early second round. Right. Why is it this the same situation as Javante Williams? Well, because Javante converted much earlier than Abram Smith did. I mean, Abram Smith was the number three tackler on the team in 2019. I mean, this is, he was 
this is a very recent conversion. <laughs> That's a big difference. Javante was a, you know, was a guy who was a high school linebacker who was by the time he gets to Carolina, because of his size, nobody looked at him as a as a as a linebacker. I mean, you're five nine and two oh four. They don't ask you to play linebacker in the ACC at that size. This guy was a linebacker until the spring of 2020. <laughs> so a very recent conversion. That's the big difference. And also, obviously, you know, he's a slightly different kind of athlete. You know, a little more straight line speed, but not nearly as nimble as, as Javante. Thank you very much for that, Bill. And Kevin Harris of South Carolina, buy or sell? Buy unless you're trying to push me into, you know, day two or day one. But if I can get him in day three, I'm, a, I'm definitely a buyer. I, I feel like this guy got sort of the term I used to know is lost in the sauce. Because there's so many running backs and because there's so many people who end up coming back, he sort of got, you know, but somebody's going to get him probably late fifth or after and be like, how did we get this guy with pick, you know, 200 or whatever pick he ends up being? Uh, Once again, complete guy, got the complete skill set. Could he have more straight line speed? Sure. But he's more than fast enough. I mean, he's faster than lots of guys who have really good NFL careers. He's just not blazing fast. Uh, he's got good size, you know, thick lower body, very good contact balance, can catch the ball enough. You know, he's not amazing, but he catches the ball enough. I mean, there's, there's not a huge hole in any part of his game. I just think that he doesn't have any one super special quality either, but he's solid. And he does have really good vision. He has a really good feel for, I think teams that are especially going to like him would be like those zone teams, right? Because he has a really good feel for pressing the front side, pressing the front side until the last possible moment, forcing the cutback lane and then getting into it. So he's, he's got a lot of things I like. Ty Davis Price of LSU, buy or sell? That's an interesting guy. I was just, man, I was just looking at him recently. Uh, he's a project. He's raw. He's got talent. He never really put it all together for some reason in college. He might even be undrafted, partially because we talked about the position itself not having all the value it used to have in the old days. But I think he makes a team. I think he not only makes a team and starts out probably as a special teams guy, but I think he eventually fights his way into somebody's three-back rotation as the speed back. And he's not quite as fast as, you know, fast Willie Parker was in his days with the Steelers, but he's got a similar kind of setup in terms of what he is. So he could become somebody's speed back at some point in his career. Rashad White of Arizona State, buy or sell? Okay, so this is one of my crushes. This is a guy I absolutely love. So I get very excited when I hear his name. Yeah, he's a strong buy for me. Uh, he's my number three running back in the class. I think that we talked about the ability to catch the football. That is so paramount nowadays. And he has great hands. Not good hands, David. Great hands. Mm -hmm probably maybe second only to cook. I mean, it's a good, it's a fight between the two. I have to go back and maybe like watch to see how many catches each one has outside of the frame of the body. But those two guys in terms of just pure hands, of the ring position to me are one and two. And I'm not sure which one's top it's close, but uh, has make you miss ability. He has good speed, not elite, but more, well above average in terms of speed. He has more power than people think. Uh, his once again in blitz pickup, eh, he's not amazing at it, but he's not embarrassing either. There, there's there's so much to work with. I could really, really see him like if, if he goes the right situation, becoming 
maybe not a superstar, but like a really solid NFL starter for seven, eight years. He's got so many things I like in his game. And if you're sort of looking for an, an NFL comparison or looking for what he possibly could be right down the road at, as his career develops, um, I mean, I'll, I'll point you to, uh, well, a better version, right? I guess a much better version of Roy Hallou. Um, He's similar to Roy Hallou, except he's better at everything than Roy Hallou was. No offense to Roy Hallou, <laughs> but he's got better vision, um, slightly better speed, or about the same speed, actually, but, but better, much better vision, better change of direction, better hands. Uh, another guy who I think is similar, and was a good, I think he had a really good career if it weren't the fact that he got cut short uh, by injury, is Carnell Cadillac Williams, uh, of course, who, back when people used to take running backs at the top of the first round, um, you know, was a, an early first rounder up there with Ronnie Brown, but you know, his teammate, right, at, at Auburn. But he's a, he's a guy who's got that, that same sort of build, about the same sort of speed, catches the ball better than, than Cadillac did because he, caught, because he got the ball thrown to him more. But a similar skill set. And now that running backs are asked not to take so much of a pounding, unlike Carnell, I think he'll have a much longer career. So, yes, that's the, I'm a big fan. That's a bar. Yeah. yeah, with those great hands, he could be the ideal third down back in this league. Mm-hmm. Zonovan Knight, North Carolina State, buy or sell. Yeah, I'm going to buy, assuming once again, I'm buying day three. So it's another guy who's sort of an old school downhill, one cut and go. Uh, remember those guys like Mike Anderson, right? Remember those guys like Jones, right? He's a zone runner, one cut, run through the first tackle, get you four and a half yards. Every time, right? Excuse me, four and a half yards, 4.4. He's a 4.4 guy, right? And he's not going to get you a lot of long runs. That's just not what he's into. I mean, it's what he's into, but it's not what he can do, I should say, at the next level. Just because he's not that kind of athlete. You know, that stuff that some of those guys I talked about earlier, where they can just turn the corner and just outrun everybody, that's not his game. But they call him Bam for a reason. Like, that is his nickname. They call him Bam for a reason because he runs through people's faces, David. He will run through you. He is not afraid of you, Mr. Linebacker. We're going to see who wants this more than, you know, this. he's going to be a short yardage guy, a, 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 a power guy at the next level. And so he has a role for him still in the NFL, even with the game shifting to more space players and stuff like that. There's still a place for the power guy, the tough guy. And that's what he is. And like I said, Ruben Drones, shout out to Ruben Drones. But yeah, that kind of guy. Yeah, and talking about some old Broncos backs. I love it. Jerome Ford of Cincinnati, buy or sell? I was super high on him at one point, and I still like him. Now, part of it was just seeing more running backs and then, you know, kind of pushed him down, pushed him down. Uh, but he had a really nice career. Another, you know, a guy who transferred in from Alabama because Alabama has too many guys uh, and arrives at Cincinnati, has a very nice career. And he's, it's funny because, you know, we talked about Brian Robinson, you who, was the one that stuck it out and stayed and finally as a senior gets his chance at Alabama. They're not that's that different. Like these are similar backs. Alabama clearly has a type. Uh, and if you, uh, the other back, he reminds me a lot of is yet another Alabama running back, but he's, he's a little faster, but think about a faster version of Mark Ingram, maybe not quite as thick, but I mean, a guy that can do it all. And he has good contact balance, good feel, for, you know, uh, when to accelerate, when to decelerate, because speed is great, but guys who don't know when or how to use their speed don't become the running backs they could have been because 
sometimes you need to be going at three quarters as opposed to all out because you'll run, you'll run yourself into a tackle sometimes. By slowing down to 70, 75%, you give a blocker a chance sometimes to, you know, if not make the block, at least get in the way. And plus it's easier to change direction if you're going three quarters speed as opposed to all out. So yeah, I'm a fan. Uh, if I'm getting him in the fourth, I'm a big time buyer. I would consider him maybe towards the end of the third, but I really like him in the fourth onward. And like I said, big time buyer from that point. Tyler Beatty of Missouri, buy or sell? Made to order third down back, right? I mean, that's that. there's your third down back, right? That guy, I mean, he was born to be a third down back. Uh, slippery, quick, good acceleration, great hands. Uh, I mean, look at Tariq Cohen, right? If you want to find out what he could be, look at Tariq Cohen. Very similar guy, similar size, similar skill set, and probably will have similar usage. So once again, if it's from the mid-fifth onward, I'm a big-time buyer. And now we're going into the territory of potentially sixth, seventh, or UDFAs that could carve out a very, very good career. Yep. Isaiah Pacheco of Rutgers, buy or sell? Speaking of speed backs, right? He doesn't give you everything you want, but that guy can turn the corner and go. Uh, things I like about him. Well, I mean, pure acceleration, right? His, his pure acceleration is right up there with Pierre Strong. I mean, there's only a handful of guys who are that. Zamir White also has that great acceleration. He's right there with those guys. And for that, doesn't have the power that some of those guys have, but he's, he's quick. Uh, he has good change of direction. Uh, once again, the passing game, both in terms of catching the ball and blocking for his quarterback are things where he'll need to continue to grow. But yes, there's a place for him in the NFL. Um, if I'm getting him in late day three or as an UDFA, I'm thrilled. He's because he's going to make my team for special teams at first, and then eventually work his way into you know a role as a as a rotation back. And last but not least, for buy or sell, Shermari Jones of Coastal Carolina, buy or sell. Yeah, once again, buy if I'm getting him where we're talking about late day three or into a UDFA class. Um, the only other guy who's probably in this role who I think in this part of the draft or, or even undrafted, who I think has a chance to be better than those two is a guy named Devontae Price. But these guys, maybe not quite what Devontae Price is, but they both have a chance. I think, uh, once again, he has to be part of a committee. Once again, he probably has to make his initial bones in special teams, but there's a place for him. There's a place for him. And he's got some shiftiness to him, a little bit of power, decent contact balance but not super special in any one area. But once again, you know, there's 53 guys on a roster. You, most teams carry four running backs. He could definitely be an RB4, maybe in a fight for RB3. He is Bill Carroll, ladies, gentlemen, nuts and bolt sports. Follow him on Twitter at 11bravo138. And Bill, thank you so much once again for joining us. But before you go, let's talk about some of the best possible NFL destinations for some of these running backs, starting with Brees Hall. I mean, any team that likes to run the football could use him. Uh, but let's say, let's say the Houston Texans in their, you know, in the second round. I think he's a good spot, good spot for him. One is they they haven't had a running back like him in terms of being able to do everything since Darian Foster, right? They've had guys who could do some of the things, and then they traded. Well, whatever. We don't go down that road too much, but yeah, they. The, one, the next guy they had a chance who had the chance to be that, they ended up trading away. But I think he has a chance to give them that really complete running back. Who can do? I mean, David Johnson was probably close to that too. 
Uh, right, another guy is, well, he's from the Quad Cities area of Illinois, but close to the Iowa border. Uh, but yeah, he's, he gives you what you haven't had since the since the David Johnson, Arian Foster days. And I think he's a good fit there. Best possible landing spot for Kenneth Walker III. Um, selfishly, I want to say Pittsburgh. But um, in terms of how I think he will, he will prosper, uh, I'll give you Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, the Buccaneers certainly like who they have on their roster at the position, but he gives them stuff that none of those guys have. Um, he can take it to the house. As you know, David, he can take it to the house on any time he makes one or two guys miss, and then he, he accelerates. And he's got – that's another guy has got that, right? I mean, he it's like watching somebody, you know, driving like a, a, a Hellcat, right? I mean, when he drops that thing into gear – he leaves guys. Guys get left. I mean, we saw a very well-coached, if not super talented, but well-coached Northwestern team get gashed over and over again by him. So that, so you know that he has, he has that kind of ability to make big plays. And they could certainly use, I mean, not that Tampa Bay is desperate for big play players, but they could use to get more of them in the running game. And yeah, he'd be dangerous there. Isaiah Spiller. You know what? I'm going to send him to the Vikings. Um, they have obviously Dalvin Cook, but Dalvin Cook, one, is a smaller back, and two, is a guy I think they want to take some of the load off his plate. I think that they would like to see a bigger back and that they don't lose too much when, they, when he comes off the field. And Alexander Madison, who's been the number two there, is a tough guy, right? I'm a fan. I was a fan of his at Boise State, but he's not going to do everything. He's a do some things back. Um, and in fact, he wouldn't have to go anywhere. Like he's, he, I would keep him as part of the rotation. He would just move down a bit and Spiller would move up into that second spot for me. Now we go on to the best possible landing spot for James Cook. I have something in mind for James Cook, but I want to hear what you have in mind from first. Sure. Um, I, I mean, with what's happened in the desert for the Arizona Cardinals, um, he fits their offense perfectly. Oh, you can play running back. Oh, you can play wide receiver. Oh, that's awesome. Um, they that that fits what they like to do so much. Being able to have a bunch of interchangeable people in their offense is what they they thrive on. Oh, you can line up here. You can also line up there. You can line up in the slot. I mean, look at their receivers. All of their receivers that they have are guys that can line up at any almost any one of the positions in terms of X. You know, the Z in the slot. You know, Rondell Moore is a guy that has obviously done a little bit in the slot, but I think you're going to see him move around more this year. But if you can add James Cook to that explosive bunch of weapons they have out there in the desert, that would be problems. A lot of people are telling me that they want James Cook on the Broncos as the uh, change of pace back to Javante Williams. And I kind of see it because when sure. Russell Wilson was with the Seahawks, he had a uh, CJ Procise, Travis Homer, those uh, smaller yet explosive backs that could get you huge chunk yardage in the passing game. And he, Russell Wilson be that deep ball specialist, put James Cook on a lot of those wheel routes and uh, yep. they'll connect. Yeah, no, I, I agree that he would, he'd be a good fit there as well. I, and I, and once again, a lot of the things you just said apply in Arizona as well, because he will get plenty of chances to run wheel routes. I promise you that if they have him out there in Arizona. And think of all those section react, second reaction plays that Kyler Murray creates, which, 
you know, Russell can do as well because he's, he's a good, really good athlete with a strong arm. When you have a, a quarterback who can throw the ball to every part of the field, he can go across his body, he can go down this sideline, he can go down the middle. I mean, that's what it gives you. When you're a good enough athlete to extend plays and you have that very strong arm, it makes playing defense really very difficult. And like I said, giving them weapons, which is what we're doing tonight, giving them weapons uh, in the run game and pass game, because that's what James Cook is. Both those offenses would thrive and he would thrive within them. Zamir White. <sighs> I'm going to send him to New Orleans. Uh, obviously, they have they have their, their do everything guy, right? But they don't have the dirty work guy. <laughs> um, and Zamir White can do more than that. I'll make it clear. I'm not saying he's just that. But in their situation, he's not going to take over the Camaro role. Uh, but he definitely could replace what they used to have with guys like Latavius Murray and even Mark Ingram for a while. But he's a little more physically talented than either one of those guys. I mean, Zamir White was a guy that ran like a 10, 5, 8 or something like that in the 100 meters in high school. I mean, he's got really good speed to go with all the other stuff. And while he might not be quite a do everything back of the Camara role, he can do a little bit of that stuff. And if for some reason you had to replace Camara for a while, maybe not a whole season, but three, four, five games, he catches the ball not as well as Cook, but well enough. He can he understands, you know, how to pick up blitzes and, and how to function as a blocker. And he's a good enough running back that he definitely could fill in as your main running back for a while if you had to. But I think he's better suited to being, you know, the number two to a guy like Camaro. Your man, Pierre Strong Jr. Where would you like to see him? Um, I am a big fan of his. I am. I'm not even going to pretend otherwise. I think he would be really good backing up a guy like Austin Eckler. I think if you put him in that offense, which is already a really, really, really good offense. I'm not sending these guys to like bad offenses. I don't want you to <laughs> suffer. I'm sending you for the most part to good offenses, but they know what to do with you, you know, so you, it helps you up your career, bigger second contract. Uh, so uh, Austin Eckler is a really good player, but as speaking as an Austin Eckler fantasy owner, he does tend to get hurt. So having someone who makes sure there's not, and, and once again, Justin Jackson, I saw him play at Northwestern. I saw him in person at the Shrine game. I like him a lot, but I really love him as a third down back. I, I, I would like him a little bit more if he weren't the number two guy to Eckler uh, because there's a little bit of a drop-off there. There'd be less of a drop-off if you brought in Pierre Strong, who has more big playability than a guy like Justin has. So I like that three-back rotation. I like those three guys. So if I can have Eckler... And then if God forbid he gets hurt, then I've still got Strong. Strong, obviously, being the number two guy. And then I've got Jackson as my third down back. I like that running back room a lot. Your other main running back crush of this draft, Rashad White. Where do you want to see him? Right. Another guy where selfishly I would say Pittsburgh, but I'm not. Uh, I'm going to, uh, as much as I would love to. I'm going to send him to actually where I'm going to send him to and surprising me almost when I think about it um the, the Giants of course have a running back they sank a lot some would say too much into uh, obviously in Saquon Barkley and like I said about Austin Eckler do everything back tremendous talent can run the ball can catch the ball but doesn't tend to finish season one you now give yourself a player where there's not a huge drop off because while he's not quite the freak that Saquon Barkley is, he's a really functional receiver. 
who can run the ball between the tackles and is really good out wide, right? So I think that that's what I see him as being, uh, a guy who would be a terrific number two running back. And then, you know, like I said, if he has to fill in for the starter, I think he would do a really good job of doing that. Moving right along, best possible landing spot for Brian Robinson Jr. Okay, uh, yet another guy who I think his, his we just talked about uh, sort of being that guy who is the man next to the man, but if he has to fill in, if he has to be the guy, he could do it. Uh, I think Brian Robinson would be a, a really good fit at that. And at the risk of, you know, feeling like it's almost too perfect, I would send him to the Titans where uh, they have obviously a tremendous freak of a nature in, in Derrick Henry. But I, every year they talk about taking some of the load off of him. And of course, every year it never quite plays out. But I think this would give him the opportunity to really reduce by say 10 to 12% the total number of touches for Derrick Henry and give those to a guy like Robinson, who I think would, would once again thrive as that number two back. And last but not least, the best possible NFL destination for Jerome Ford. That's another fun guy. And if you haven't checked out his tape, I highly recommend it. Uh, there's a lot of potential landing spots for him, but I'm going to send him to the Colts, where once again, most of these guys are going to be number two, uh, which is fine. There's nothing wrong with being a, a number two running back. Uh, it's a, it's, it's One, it's a good way to prepare you for eventually being a number one, if not for the team that originally gets you, then maybe for the team where you go for your second contract which more and more is going to happen with these running backs because a lot of teams don't believe in giving a second contract to running back. But if you give him to the Colts, uh, one is he gets to, you know, see one of the most successful young running backs in football. Uh, and they could use some depth in that running back room uh, because they have a perfect third down back, but he's not a, like he has, they both very defined roles, right? You don't want him, you're, you don't want your third down back, their third down back, but in particular, running between the tackles. Like, that's not something he really can do. You put Ford there, now you have someone whose role is a little less defined because he can do a little bit of everything. Not a great receiver of the ball, but can catch the ball. Um, but he doesn't give you that sense of whenever you see this guy come out, oh, it, must, it has to be a pass play, right? Uh, so that's what they have. They sort of give away the, there's not a lot of trickery, right? When you, when you switch between, you know, this awesome, like Zeus-like, amazing god of a running back in Jonathan Taylor, and you go to the, you know, clearly more receiving-focused third down back. Now they have a, a backup in Jerome Ford who's more of a do-a-little-bit-of-everything guy and who has good power. So I'd send him there to the Colts, where I think he'd be their, their number two back. Bill Carroll, Nuts and Bolts Sports. Thank you so much once again for joining us, Bill. And that's it for today here on Sports Crunch. But our 2022 Dash to the Draft Series continues full speed ahead with our annual eight-stop divisional tour. So stay tuned. Be sure to follow me on Twitter at dcrom 59 and on Instagram at Sports Crunch with dcrom. And remember, that's Crunch with a K. Also, be sure to check out the new and improved SportsCrunch.com, where my second mock draft will be posted very soon. For Bill Carroll, this is David Cromwell saying so long, stay awesome, and whatever you're doing, please keep the brave people of Ukraine in your thoughts and prayers, folks. Until next time, cats and kittens, stay cool.